Everybody, this is Allie and this is Sage and this is us on the this too much podcast yay we're back even though you we didn't even back. know we were gone you probably <laughs> didn't we were on like a it was like maybe a six-week hiatus yeah yeah I mean you guys probably did notice because well I put something at the beginning of every episode with my voice that said hey we're going through some stuff not bad stuff just <laughs> doing things because it's yeah. summer yeah and you know, we'll be back. Also, Sage has a sore throat today because the air conditioning got the best better of her. So, yeah, I had the air conditioning on full blast last night and now I'm like dying, everybody. So I'm so sorry if, uh, you know, you hear some scratchy voice here. It's it's fine. I'm not sick. It's just like <clears throat> scratchy voice. But yeah, Ali. So like with our hiatus, did you do anything fun? I went to the beach. I did that too. I went to the beach. I don't know. No, I didn't really. I tried to think what else I did, but I didn't do anything. Um, yeah. The beach was the funnest thing. I went on yeah. a girl's trip. That was That's fun. Awesome. Yeah. I I basically did the same thing, you know. I had I, surgery. <laughs> I had some career things going on, and then... Uh, you know, went to the beach and did a nice long vacation relaxing. And uh, yeah. yeah, I visited no, Ali. Yeah, that's true. We visited <laughs> each other, which was the yeah. most important thing that happened over this break. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, really nothing, nothing to worry about with our hiatus, but it was fun. No, we ate pancakes. We did. Well, on our hiatus. Well, yeah, Sage ate pancakes. I ate a smorgasbord of things and <laughs> we talked about friendship heartbreak <laughs> yeah what well, we're gonna have to do like a whole mini episode on friendship heartbreak yep <laughs> it's gonna be a long one folks so buckle up <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. but with that would you like to give us a sage synopsis sure so the episode for today is season three episode eight you know, that's halfway through. <laughs> I know. I know. Crazy. It's called Six Thanksgivings. And it says the Pearsons have an unconventional Thanksgiving dinner. In the past, Jack and Rebecca and the big three spend Thanksgiving with Miguel. Yep. I also, guys, we celebrated our one year anniversary of doing the podcast. So also thank you for listening. Side note. Just happy everybody's listening. Shout out to Joy again for writing us. Love her. <laughs> but um, yeah, more people should write to us about this. But yes, um, the Pearsons spend Thanksgiving all together. And that's, I did not, this episode has been like, I feel like it wasn't a good episode. <laughs> like, yeah, I agree. It was kind of like, I feel like it dragged on a little bit. It I did. Like, I was like waiting possible. for it to be done. And I felt like it was very filler, which I know I said to you last night. I thought there were beautiful parts, pieces. Yeah. I liked Kate this episode. Who am I? You know? I know. I also liked Kate this episode. Yeah. Um, I remembered this episode too, because I just remember feeling like awful for Miguel at that table. But 
We'll get yes, I remembered that part, and then I forgot a lot of things. So I I'm, too, yeah. I was like, that's why I like rewatching this, whether I think the episode is like not great or not, because I'm like, this is good. Like I'm getting like I'm remembering. So yeah, here yeah. we are. I also I totally forgot the whole episode. I'm like, what is that teddy bear for? I me too. <laughs> I just thought Annie was being cute, you know, which she was. But <laughs> <laughs> so with that, let's start. The episode, I guess. So the episode opens, and Rebecca looks sad, and I was tricked for a second. I was like, "Why is Rebecca crying?" Everybody was tricked. Are you kidding me? I guess I was like, (laughs) "Why is 1990s Rebecca crying?" (laughs) Uh, She's just she was. She's just chopping those onions. Onions. I have like a very bad reaction to chopping onions. I don't know if it's ever like I like ball. I actually kind of do too. I actually bought one of these things that you just put the whole onion in and then you like just slam it down and it does it for you. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like so much faster and I still like have a little reaction to that, but at least it's like, not like I'm standing there for five minutes chopping. Right. Exactly. (laughs) So Rebecca's chopping onions and she says, or Jack, one of them says, this is the last Thanksgiving with all the kids living here. And my first thought was, this is the last Thanksgiving with any of you living here. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just oh, so gosh. sad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Rebecca said she's Shelly's BFF, which I don't believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. We haven't seen Shelly in like a long time. No. So I think you showed up at Jack's funeral. Yeah. Weird. So, yeah. Um, and Rebecca, I don't like how she's like, I feel wrong for having Miguel over. But then, like, in another breath, she says, we're not picking sides. Like, Yeah, I know. Wishy-washy <laughs> Rebecca. I know. She's back, everybody. Um, and, like, why are you picking sides? Like, Shelly, because I think Shelly's not married. Shelly is remarried at this point in time? I don't think. Not yet. But either way, like, I think... I said this, or I didn't say this. I thought this during this episode, which we can talk about it now. Like, I don't understand because I've never been in the situation. So like probably should preface with that. If nobody in the relationship was abusive and like nothing crazy happened, you know, like, again, I'm not in this situation, so I don't know, but I do know my personality. Like after a couple of years, don't you think you could get along well enough or you should get along well enough to just be in the same room with somebody. I'm not saying you have to be friends. I'm just saying like maturity wise, like I'm just like a very strong believer that you shouldn't fight in front of your kids. And like also, especially like if you're getting divorced. And I also think after like 10 years, why, why are you doing this? Why are you stressing your kids out who are trying to like have Thanksgiving dinner? Like, yeah, I do think, though, that there's a difference between should and reality. Like, they yeah. should like they should be able to be, like, okay with each other. And Right. But, like, as we later find out, like, Shelly's really the one that orchestrated, like, Miguel's issues with his children. Like, she kind of turned them against him a little bit. Yeah. So. But, like, I feel like that makes Shelly look like a terrible human being, first of all. And second of all, like, by the time we get to Miguel in that dinner where they're old, like, today, like, she's still not 
they're still not like yeah not hanging out but i'm like good lord like yeah. this is gone they're your children are in their 40s yeah give me a break like i was just like shelly bad news <laughs> But um, they hear, anyway, Rebecca and Jack hear the teenagers laughing in the living room. Something's hilarious. They're not fighting. And then they go in the living room and Randall's trying to write this essay. And it's like, who's the most important? Who's the most influential person in your life? And they're all like, the firefighter, the firefighter. And Randall was like, no, I don't think so. Like, I could say everybody at different times. And everybody's like laughing and having a good time. It was a very sweet moment. Leave it to Randall though, to give like the most nuanced, like wishy-washy. I agree. Like, it I was agree. Although I did like his essay at the end. I thought it was, I thought it was a beautiful essay. I just thought it was funny because like, of course, Randall couldn't like make a decision. Like that is right. so Randall. <laughs> it's so Randall. It's like Randall showed them who he was. It's right true. off the bat but um so he does that and then miguel walks in and he's like freaking out on and shelly on the phone which i'm also like why did you it's a cell phone just stay in the car till you're done with this conversation and don't walk <laughs> into the pearsons and make it awkward for everybody maybe i don't know <laughs> come on miguel i feel bad though so he like just wants to talk to his kids i know i feel bad i also feel bad for miguel i just like you know yeah. Stay in your car and don't make everybody else Ako Taco. My God. Like, yeah. I just read the room, bud. You were invited out of pity, and now you're going to make everybody awkward. Thanks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so then um, they're sitting down to dinner, right? Teenagers. Mm -hmm. uh, Pilgrim Rick comes out, and then um, they're like, I thought this was like a really cute real moment where they're like talking and then making fun of Jack and Rebecca's like, yeah, to cover all your gray hair. That's what the hat is for. <laughs> there were some sick burns at the Pearson table. Yeah. Um, and then Miggs is a depressy messy because he's sad that his family isn't joking and again makes the dinner awkward because he runs into their bedroom. I didn't think it was that awkward. It's a little weird. He just excused himself. Like, it's better than him sitting there just crying. <laughs> <laughs> like, at least this time he had the had the ability to read the room and at least That's excuse himself for a moment alone. That's true. Okay, I take it back. <laughs> it's still... <laughs> Poor Miguel. Everything's just a little raw. I was going to say, imagine if they were sitting there joking and he just sits there and starts pouting. <laughs> Like, that would have been way more awkward. God, I can't. So I didn't have any recollection of this part at all, where he, like, is, like, acknowledging that he was kind of, like, an absent dad and is, like, but was, like, doing it for his kids. And then Jack gives him a prep call where – prep call? Pep talk? Prep call? <laughs> the things that are coming out of your mouth today, I'm, like, laughing so hard. You said, Ako taco, depressy messy. <laughs> Jack is giving Miguel a prep call. I don't know what's wrong with me. It's because we haven't recorded in a while. I'm off my game. But Jack is giving Miguel a pep talk and is like, yeah, could you have been more present? Sure. But you are also like providing for your family and you're a hard worker and all of this stuff. Um, and I think that while his like 
absenteeism isn't really like excused I think like being able to see into why it was is like also so important like Miguel and I think like unfortunately we don't see like more of this like story play out until season six Um, yeah but even then like I feel like we don't get like I, mean, I guess we see a little bit of him as a parent because I I know eventually we do see like him and Shelly like fall apart maybe in his episode yeah but yeah I just think and then like what makes me even more sad and this isn't really a spoiler alert because you can kind of tell from that Thanksgiving dinner like things don't get better yeah ever yeah for him it's true yeah it's um, sad yeah but I just I like thought that it was like so interesting like because as his wife and children like they do kind of, I'm sure that they did feel like you know he's just oh out playing golf you know every chance he right could get. yeah but then like when Jack like explains it like you know you saw right. that like deals are made on the golf course so you took lessons so that you could be right. the best golf player so that you can impress all these guys and make more deals and make right. more money like when somebody like explains it like I just think it's like fascinating and I think as a kid that's that's probably a hard thing to like wrap your mind around you know but I also think like as a wife like and I know like making excuses all the time also not like fun or a good idea I'm not saying they should have stayed together I'm just saying like I think as an emotionally mature adult maybe Shelly should have been like this is why your dad is doing this because yeah. he loves you. And I'm not saying that kids have to understand that because they don't. But right. I'm just like, you guys are a bad match is what I is what I think. Like Yeah. I don't know. So but- then we see Randall and Beth and they're planning to go to the rec center and the soup kitchen for yeah. basically for Randall's campaign. Yep. Um and then we find out that Kate and Toby are going to cook Thanksgiving dinner while yeah. they're out doing stuff for Randall's campaign in the morning. Never would I leave them in charge of something like that. It happened exactly how I would have expected. Yeah, me too. And and <laughs> I'm saying that, guys, I know sometimes you guys think we're too hard on Kate. Um, but I am saying that as if someone left me in charge of a Thanksgiving dinner, this is exactly what would happen to me. <laughs> Because I can't cook. And also, I would be stressed out. Yeah. I get so, that. Yeah. And then we see Deja gets a text from her mom. And she deletes it. Mm-hmm. Um, Randall calls uh, Kate's baby a turducken. Which made me laugh really <laughs> hard. <laughs> oh, and Tess uh, doesn't feel well. In yeah. Time. Tess doesn't feel well. My other part of this is like when Randall and, uh, Randall and Beth are like, can you watch Tess? Tess is 11 or 12. Tess doesn't need watched. Why are you guys acting like she's a baby? Like, even Annie doesn't need watched. They're also good kids. Like, the- yeah, I mean, I think Annie's a, probably a little young to stay at home completely by herself. Right. But I didn't like, mean even by herself, self, but like self-sufficient enough that she'll right. be fine. Like, the words don't- watch, like Kate yeah. and Toby got like freaked out and I'm like she don't need 12. to like hover, hover yeah <laughs> like I'm sure that if they had just left her upstairs the entire time yeah she would have been absolutely fine <laughs> I mean I'm glad they didn't but yeah me too, me too. Um, 
So then Annie, Randall, when they're going out the door, is like, why is our giant teddy bear sitting at our table? And Annie was like, it's a surprise. <laughs> it's so cute. She's so cute. She's so cute. Um, and then they get to the soup kitchen. Mm-hmm. And Jay Wan's kind of like questioning Randall, questioning Beth, questioning Beth's decision to move the soup kitchen thing. And he's just kind of like, <clears throat> you know asking like what he's doing and who's the campaign manager. Like, is it him or is Randall running the campaign? Um, I don't think Jay Wan is wrong in this situation. Yeah. So I feel like this is a very complicated like situation. Yes. Because I absolutely understand Beth's reasoning for not wanting like, and later we can get into it because we're, I don't think we're quite there yet. Uh, actually we might we're close but um yeah we are beth says that like she thinks that people would be more uncomfortable because they're coming to a soup kitchen asking for help and they don't want to be photographed on thanksgiving like in this that part i do understand and i understand that i also though understand how jay wan is like we're reaching a larger audience with having a news station like that is the purpose of doing this is you know unfortunately and like this is sometimes where like politics get in my opinion too messy and like where we lose focus of like the people but like part of politics is that you are trying to get the most number of votes regardless of how that affects people yeah so I feel like Beth is doing things out of like the goodness of her heart. Whereas Jay Wan's doing things from an actual like strategic standpoint. Yes. And like, I'm not saying I would be like Jay Wan in this situation. I think my whole thing, like I agree with Beth on the, like people don't want, because I'm very much like, I hate when people post those videos online where it's like, I helped a homeless person by doing this, but I'm going to film it. Just do it to do it. Like, I hate that. I agree. However, However, like as far as like camp, I guess as far as like politically goes, Beth doesn't have like if Randall wants to win, I think, you know, you know, whatever. But then after him and Jay Wan fight a little bit, um, the song You Got What I Need by Freddie Scott plays mm-hmm. montage of them feeding people. Um, I at first thought it was the remix by Biz Marquee, which is you got it's the same thing you got what i need but it's like a different song but both are good um <laughs> what else i thought was very sweet and it's just like a minor detail annie's like you're giving them too many cookies they shouldn't have that many to deja and like i just feel like it's this like really sweet little tiny detail because deja has obviously used something like this and been yeah. part of something like this so she well then we see that knows. flashback of you know her going through the soup kitchen line and Shauna saying she's a growing girl can't she get two cookies like so yeah. Deja's like been through this before yeah. and I, I think Deja said because Annie says the man told us only one cookie each or something yeah. and Deja's response is well the man doesn't understand it yeah I just thought that was a really nice little moment. The other part I really love is when later Beth hears Jay Wan talking about her. And then Randall says that awful thing where he's like, it's, I forget, it's a mistake, but she's my wife or something like that. He says like, what do you want me to do? She's my wife. Like- yeah. And 
I love Beth for calling him on a shit though. When she's like, you know, this is exactly what I thought. You just did it out of pity to make me feel good. And then she's like, actually, it's not what I thought, which really sucks. And I was like, it it breaks my heart, but I do love Beth in that moment. Yeah. I do want to question something a little bit here. I'm ready. Do you think it's a little, and you know, I guess that Randall and Beth probably don't know every single detail about Deja's upbringing, but do you think that it's like a little bit maybe insensitive of them for them to just like bring her along on this like campaign excursion without having any kind of like conversation or anything like, are you comfortable doing this? Like, right. Isn't she from like this Philly area? Yeah, I think so. So, so like, you're probably you yep. might see people that she like knows. Oh, wait. Like, no. Because they live in New Jersey. She's from New Jersey area, I think. Okay. Either way, but like, still, I just but feel still. like they I don't know. This is very privileged of them to go and do this on Thanksgiving. Right. And I think that her coming from the background that she has like I just wish that I would we would have seen like a conversation like is this something you want to go do is this you know yeah that's funny that you're saying staying home (laughs) right and that's funny that you're saying that because I didn't even really think about it till you brought it up and then I knew exactly what you were going to say um and I feel like that is a conversation Beth and Randall would have with her and I feel like it's conversation we would see normally like so it feels a little like yeah, like out of place, kind of weird, like. Yeah, but I also feel like throughout this whole like campaign timeline, and we'll have to like kind of track it a little bit more, but I feel like they almost, I don't want to say completely, but like parts of Beth and Randall, like they kind of put everything else and everybody else like kind of on the back burner throughout this. I feel like, yeah, I agree with you. I feel like Randall loses a big sense of self yeah. throughout this whole thing. Cause I feel like Beth, I mean, not a spoiler alert guys, but like Beth steps away eventually. Right. Like, so to me, to me, I think like, yeah, I don't, I don't love, I don't love this campaign storyline. Yeah. At I have all. a question. I, okay. Okay. So this is a little tiny, tiny spoiler, but I don't think it's major. But throughout the rest of the season, we kind of get teased that, and it's never like played out because it's like too far in the future, but we get teased throughout the rest of the show that Randall eventually runs for Senate. Yeah. Do you think it was a good decision for him to run for Senate? No, but, <laughs> but, but my other thing too, though, is by the time he runs for Senate, those kids are old. I agree, so like that piece like, of it is out, but I'm also like this, this campaign almost what? destroys your family. Yeah. But like, I don't know. We can, I guess we can talk more about it as we see this play out more, but like, look at what it does to his family. Look at what yeah. it does to his marriage. Like, look what how he treats his siblings during this yes like there's just so much that happens during this storyline that I'm like and you want to do this on a bigger level now like yeah I don't love that like it yeah no me neither me neither I mean I guess the I feel like this is us 
they're probably they're I don't know thinking yeah. was that like the, his kids were older but I'm also like Randall is a very moral like Mr. My Moral Compass Points Due North okay you start getting into like that territory of politics your moral compass is going to point less and less due north yeah well and I think that a lot of that is because a lot of people wish that they saw politicians with more morals and so I think like this whole storyline was like look at what good Randall can do because he's like so sensitive and so emotional yeah and like look at what he can do for the people but I just don't think it's like realistic no I agree I agree with you 100% I I think it's weird by the end of this that all three Pearsons are as successful as they are unlike this large scale yeah they're like overly successful yeah overly successful like not normal successful like overly successful I feel like the only one that has like a normal job by the end of the show is Kate and even then it's like over the top some things that are a little over the top yeah Yeah. getting starbies (laughs) 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 we'll fill you in on that joke later (laughs) so then after this we go to something more serious not starbies but Vietnam Mm-hmm. so we see necklace lady i wish i knew her name i should have looked it up <laughs> we see i don't know if we ever find it out i don't think we do either but we see necklace lady and her cute little boy and something's definitely wrong with his foot um nikki nikki in this whole thing breaks my heart right like yeah. but it's so weird because like the whole time i was watching this like he's breaking my heart and then jack is also breaking my heart because there's two different, like, Nikki has given up, right? Like, Nikki's seen yeah. some stuff, like, obviously. But Jack, I think it's the attitudes. Like, Nick or Jack has also seen a lot of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, it's the attitudes they have towards that stuff, yeah. which I think is also a really important lesson. Like, I think attitude has a lot to do with getting you out of situations. Yeah. But he's just the worst version of himself right now. And Jack is writing to Robinson, which is the friend that Kevin goes to visit, if you guys remember. Um, And then Jack's, like, trying to carry this water for that nice necklace lady. And I don't know if it's, I would assume it's her dad or her grandpa is, like, get away from her. But during that moment, that's when we see that that photo snapped. Did you catch that? I, I did thought that was that. such a good I, like continuity detail. It was such a good continuity. How interesting. Like yeah, it was like so such good. like a brief moment, but they make sure to like capture that that was the, that was the photo that was taken. That's yeah. what kills me about rewatching this though. There's those like really good things and then there's things like we didn't talk to Deja about going to the soup kitchen and that's just too bad. Like I just, Yeah. <laughs> I know. I just like it seems so out of character for them not to have talked to her about I it. I agree. Really They're all about speeches. <laughs> yeah. So, I wrote the guy who plays Nikki is outstanding. Like young Nikki. Like I agree where was his that. Emmy? Like yeah, where, where was it? Like <laughs> um, we see that Jack is cleaning up like his squad's um, Thanksgiving dinner. And then he takes the leftovers over to the woman. And he asks if he can see the boy. Yes. Um, 
and we find out like he clearly has like a bad infection from the cut on his foot which was from like the wire that they put up so like I think Jack feels like some guilt there even though like that's what they were supposed to do like I think Jack obviously feels like some guilt Nick's Nikki's response to that is like so gross to me and again I was not in this situation so I know I get later when Nikki's talking about it I understand completely I just I think it's so complicated you know it's so complex that's and I think that's what I think the show does such a good job about you're like so almost wishy-washy about it because it's so complicated right because I like as Nikki is explaining the story I guess we can get into it because he says it like pretty much right here yeah um but like as Nikki's explaining the story about how like he got to Vietnam and basically like he was picked on a lot by like his whole squad and like they were not nice to him at all and his commanding officer kind of like gave them this metaphor with a chicken which I think is kind of gross but um um I hope they at least ate the chicken I know that sounds ridiculous but I just like don't like people being wasteful like I just yeah um but anyway so like they he like gives them this like metaphor about how you know Nikki is their medic and he's all that they've got and then after that like they started treating him better yeah um and how like this commanding officer like made such an impact on Nikki's time there and then was killed by the Viet Cong um yeah like that I like I get it and then he you know and then Nikki like kind of goes on to explain like the women and children like they're not all innocent either because the children grow up to be this and the women are helping them like you know so like yeah it's so comp like and that's why it's so so complex yeah because it's like and I'm sure I mean in real life obviously it's com complex and war is complicated I think like it's easy to say like yeah it shouldn't be like or it should be you know what I mean but I think like well, and I think too, like the more we find out like about Nikki and like his storyline, um, because we see other like instances of Nikki before war later right. on. And yeah. what we find out is like Nikki's kind of a pacifist. Like he, he's a gentle, he's a gentle guy. Like, yeah. 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 So like I think as we find more and more out about him, like I think that you like realize that like he's in this position where he's like really I think probably having a lot of like internal struggles here right yeah it's a lot though that whole scene like broke my heart yeah I agree for both of them yeah so then we see uh William and I know playing (laughs) piano at a community center um, and we see Jesse come like up behind him and claps for him. And then we find out that this was how they met. Yes. It's so beautiful. I just like love anything with William. I'm like, yes. Like, <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, yeah. So that's how they met. And then William runs into him again, I think, mm-hmm. like outside a convenience store. And he's like, come on over. I'll cook for you. Um, yeah. What I love about the both of them is like William is a poet and like a dreamer and Jesse is very matter of fact. Like Jesse's like, this is what happened to me. Yeah. And I love cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) But I love how like Jesse tells him like this made up story about how he was like some big 
like yeah broke broke what are they broker? called i don't know something broker like yeah. he was he was like some wall street type of guy you know yeah. and then william's like now what's the real story know. and then he calls william an in- inexplicably pleasant man yeah. and i was like that's so real that's yeah. so true um and then william invites him to listen to a bunch of people play jazz and <laughs> And Jesse's response is, listen to jazz sober. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I love it. It reminded me of The Office when Angela's like, (laughs) do you remember when Angela is like talking to, I forget who she's talking to, but she's like, ah, I do hate jazz. Just play the right notes. (laughs) (laughs) But I just think it's funny when people make fun of jazz. But yeah, they're cute together. Mm -hmm. Cute. They're adorable. Yeah. Obsessed. Um, and then we see them at this party and William's playing jazz and he like seems so happy when he sees Jesse walk in with like some a little dish of food or whatever. And then we see Jesse talk to this woman and you can see the jealousy on William's it's face. It's so I sad. It. It's not sad. I love it. I No, I do love it. It's like very cute. And then I love when Jesse's like, she's my cousin. <laughs> I know. It's so cute um so then we see kate and toby again yeah <laughs> my favorite I part of this. this i'm so sorry i, I love this oh me too i thought i actually thought kate and toby were like my whole thing is like why can't they just make them like this all the time i know yeah. and i'm not saying like go through hardships and stuff i'm just talking about like 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 not like not go through hard, but like lighthearted. I feel like everything with that's my problem sometimes with them. Everything is the end of the world. Yeah, I agree. Um, but Kate gives Toby a bag of cranberries, and he's like, "Where's the can?" <laughs> and then he like talks about how Randall is basically like the epitome of Jack Pearson, and how of course Randall has a recipe binder and it's color coded for them with the recipes they need to use to make Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> it um, makes me laugh so hard. It was so funny to me. Yeah. And he's like, there's like 52 ingredients in the cranberry <laughs> And I'm like, of course there is. Like what did you expect, Toby? So good. Um yeah. So then Toby goes to take test some food and she comes out of the bathroom and she's holding some maxi pads. Mm. and Toby's like oh no goes downstairs tell Kate and is like she looked confused <laughs> like I don't know yeah. um, so then Tess is like Kate goes upstairs Tess is like co- finally comes out of the bathroom because Kate's like do you need some help I thought the scene was so accurate to real life when you get your period like it is embarrassing you do feel embarrassed yeah or I felt embarrassed because I was like 11 yeah I was like probably I think I was 11 yeah I think I was 11 too and I was embarrassed I think I was partly embarrassed because my mom's a nurse so she was like it's okay it's a beautiful thing I'm like it's not like (laughs) I remember like so I was not at home I was with my grandparents for the whole week um but my grandmother was like prepared like she she like she recognized that I was like about that right age and she was like she had you know pads and things oh. just in case 
I love this. She three daughters, so she she kind of knew. Oh, she was good. Good for yeah. her. Yeah, so she was, like, yeah. ready for, for it. Um, but I remember, like, when I got home, I, like, told my parents about it. And my dad, this is actually a really funny story. I was, like, so emotional about it. Like, right. the hormones racing through my body, right. like, made me cry at everything, I think. Mm-hmm. When I was, like, that age. Um, but I remember my dad said to me, right after my very first period do you know what pms stands for and i said yes and i told him premenstrual syndrome and he said no it stands for pretty much sucks <laughs> I just started sobbing and he like looks at my mom and he's like i was just trying to make a joke what did i do <laughs> my mom's like don't ever talk to <laughs> that's amazing yeah. um i my first period, this is also funny. It's like traumatic, but it's funny. It's like very much like, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret kind of like stories, you know? Um, (laughs) I got mine. My mom was so kind to sew a pocket in my vest in Catholic school to hide the tampons and stuff in, which is so lovely. But me being a brat was like, I'm not carrying that stuff because everyone will know. And my mom's like, no, they won't. Like, it'll be fine. They won't be in your book bag because you don't want people opening it. I was like, no, no. And I'm sure I was being rude. And my mom was like, fine. I hope you bleed everywhere. (laughs) It was a very tense moment. Well, guess who had to pick me up from school because I bled everywhere. My mother. And God bless her because she brought me a skirt originally. And then she was like, do you just want to go home? And I'm like, yes, I was, I'm traumatized. It's all over my khakis. (laughs) You know? Yeah. I remember those days too, especially when it was like your first couple periods and stuff, even for like the first few years, I feel like it's like so sporadic and you're like, right. Not tracking like a cycle very well. Like, and when you're younger, Everything is the end of the world, you know, in middle school. By high school, I didn't really care, right? Yeah. But like middle school, like I know nobody else in my class really had it, or at least they didn't mm. say they had it. So like yeah. I was like, oh no, you know, anything that makes you other is like uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. But periods are great. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this scene is so cute. Yeah. And and Kate is like the best aunt. She tells that story about the first time she got it at the cabin with Miguel's family. And she's like, how embarrassing. And I was like, that's badass. What are you talking about? It's <laughs> <I laughs> like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, no, that was pretty great. Um, it was. I also, when Kate says, you know, if there's anything you ever like want to talk to me about, like, I'm always here for you. And I think yeah. like that was like such a nice little moment to see because like I had you know aunts that I was very close to growing up and stuff and like sometimes it is easier to talk to like another like trusted adult that's not your parents you know what I mean right and I think sometimes you just need someone who's not mothering you you know like and I mean that in the most respectful way like yeah exactly and like so when Tess, you know, when Kate says, like, soon you'll be having boyfriends, and Tess says, or girlfriends, like, I think Kate also has, like, the best reaction, because she's, like, four girlfriends, like, she doesn't, she doesn't, like, have, like, a shocked look on her face, she just takes a second to pause. Absolutely, 
and then just like goes with it and I just think like that's such like a beautiful thing because I think that like other people in the Pearson family while I don't think that they would have an issue with Tess saying that I think that they would have a bigger reaction and like I agree and I I don't know. I just want to grow up in. (laughs) Yes, it would be hard to grow up. Everything's a big deal. Her period will probably be a huge deal. And Randall, as a dad, will make it like a huge speech deal. Yeah. Well, and even with like Kate having it under control, as soon as Beth saw the texts about it, she's like, we have to go home right now. Like, right. You know what I mean? Whereas like when my, I called my mom after my first period and my mom was like, are you good? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, do you want to come home early? And I was like, no. And she like, just let it go. And we didn't talk about it. And that's how my mom was too. My mom was like, it's fine. It's like a normal thing that happens to what, like, it was just like very much, my mom presented it in like a medical way where it was like, it's okay. This happens to everybody. You already knew it was going to happen. We're good. Like calm. I was not calm. My mother was calm though. I was drama (laughs) queen, but like, um, Yeah, I just think this scene is very real from, like, a perspective of someone who also had trusted, like, women who were related to me in my life. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's a lovely scene. I agree. Yeah. Then we see Rebecca and Miguel, and they're listening to an audiobook in the car because, of course, they are. (laughs) My favorite is when Miguel's like, I missed something. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Um, But basically... Uh, they're on their way to Amber's house for Thanksgiving and Miguel says that he feels like it's a pity invite um, because Shelly is out of town which I think it's so like just like like we talked about at the beginning of the episode like dumb that Miguel only got invited because Shelly couldn't come yeah it's very weird I just think the whole thing is weird and then what they say at the table in a little bit is weird yeah so yeah Miguel's kids are like very cold to him and Rebecca and like they bring up Kevin's movie and like I don't think Amber is as cold as Alex though like I think I do think like towards the end she feels bad also did you notice that Amber is Raphael's sister from Jane the Virgin I literally I didn't notice that and I almost changed my pop culture pick to Jane the Virgin because of it (laughs) We'll just say it right now, guys. If you haven't watched Jane yeah. the Virgin, real good. Uh, it's like one of my like all-time favorite series. Me I mean, I said that about so like good. all of them, but I've like seen it like two or three times through. It's one like, of the best finales, series finales ever. Yeah. And they creative. do such a good they do such a good job. Like there's a love triangle, like that's one of the main like plot points, but they do such a good job of like they don't get you like sucked in on one specific character. No. Like they get you going back and forth just as much as like Jane does. And yeah. I love that. I love that. Oh. Like, you know, Me too, because, because at times I was like, yeah, br- is it Brent? What's his name? Michael. Michael. I think the real guy is Brent. I think that's his <laughs> real name, but Michael and Raphael, I just like different days, you know? Yes. Yes. I, I totally get it. And like, so you feel very like in Jane's shoes. Yeah, the whole time like Ugh. which one's better like you don't know yeah so good so good but I digress um so yeah his daughter Amber adopted a baby they're sitting at the table I feel like Alex is insulting though more than Amber I think I also- Amber just was like 
kind of she was just closed off to Miguel. I right. Think. Yeah. My other thing is, if you have a food allergy to nuts, why wouldn't you ask before you ate them? Amber's husband, who's not sitting by Amber, which I also thought was weird I thought because I thought, Amber, I thought Amber was by herself. And I was like, oh, no, there you are, weirdo. Like, yeah, no, I thought that was weird, too, that they were, like, sitting across the table from each other. Like, total yeah. opposite ends of the table. But Yeah. yeah. So then... Alex makes a comment and he's like, you stole my father from my mother. <laughs> what are you talking about? And That's also. That's not true at all. I know. And I was like, so I decided to rename him Asshat Alex. Because that's, <laughs> what, because that's what he's acting like. Yeah. Well, then he also says, well, I heard, <laughs> I just thought this was so funny. I heard that Kevin's movie was very good. And Rebecca's like, it has like a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is like very, very good. That's you know very what? good. Boom roasted, Alex. Like, yeah, just thought, also, why are you bringing Rebecca's kids into this? Like, they didn't do anything didn't to you. Do anything at all. But no one did anything because like when Miguel, which, oh, there's nothing I love more than like a man sticking up for his wife like when Miguel makes that whole speech where he's like you guys basically suck and Rebecca and I found each other after my best friend died and her husband died 10 years later after you guys stopped talking to me and your mom was remarried so like be quiet yeah well I also loved when he when they were like and you have the Pearsons now like as if the Pearsons had replaced them and Miguel says, you know what? I do have the Pearsons because they actually treat me like family, which I don't feel like is absolutely true. I feel like I don't sometimes either. be a lot nicer to Miguel, but I still- don't either. But you know what I thought was lovely? And I'll just say it now because it's tiny. When Annie, when they open the door and Annie's like, Grandpa, I love you. That, I didn't cry, but the goosebumps were going strong because I was like, and you know that that's exactly what Miguel needed. Like he, yeah. like he is so, so loved by those girls. And while he doesn't have like a perfect relationship with Randall and Kevin and Kate, right. like the fact that Randall still allows him to be grandpa and to be such a big part of their his, right. his lives, regardless of the relationship he has, like that's the difference between, right. you know, Rand Randall and like Amber, for example, and Amber's yeah. baby, because Amber's baby like is scared of Miguel because she just doesn't know him. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah, I thought that part was beautiful though. Like, I think Miguel, beautiful. God bless him. Like, he yeah. just gets the short end of the stick. All he made some like maybe some questionable choices younger, and now he's like paying for it for the rest of his life. I don't know. Like, God bless yeah. him. Yeah. Um, um, then we're back with Tess and Kate and Tess asks Kate not to tell her mom and dad about what she told Kate and Kate agreed but said like your parents will always love you and like you should tell them right Which I think is like the absolute like perfect response here like right that's exactly what you should do <laughs> no I agree I thought that was like a very accurate mm-hmm. thing to say um, and then Kate goes in the kitchen and there are a bunch of bags of Popeyes and Cracker Barrel. <laughs> and I just have to say, I know I said it earlier, but it's the most relatable shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. But this was like so cute because Toby's like so stressed out about it and like 
he feels so like down on himself for how yeah. he did this. And Kate says, you know what this is though? This is like Jack level, Jack Pearson level magic. Yeah. And I'm like, this is, yes, this is true. Because like the thing with Jack is that he like made like every situation into a good one. Yes. It's just mm, perfection. It was perfect. And guess what? Nobody else nobody else cared that it was like right. takeout food or it didn't seem like it. I don't think anybody would care. I'm sure like, they didn't. Yeah. Um, and then at, like towards the end of the episode, we kind of see like a montage of stuff. Um, the song playing is 42 by Mumford and Sons. I love Mumford and Sons. I've seen them several yeah. times in concert. They're great. Oh, really? I yeah. I love that. I didn't, their last album that they put out, I really hated, but all the other ones top notch but the flashback randall's reading his essay to everybody everybody's mm -hmm. sitting there um and then that's kind of part of the montage we see what the teddy bear is for now which is kevin's face mm -hmm. um and yeah. then we see william and jesse and jack and necklace lady and she's <laughs> handing him the necklace i really wish i knew her name <laughs> he ain't calling her necklace lady um, Deja's sitting at the table. She texts her mom back. Um, Migs gets that hug from Annie and the goosebumps were just flowing I for me. It. Yeah. Um, and then I do, I do think Randall's voiceover from his essay. And I know I said this earlier is like so impactful and beautiful about how people, how like anybody can be an impactful person. It could be like a, you know, um, stranger or someone who dropped you off at the fire station like you don't know who's impacting who you're impacting and who's impacting you and i just thought that was like a very beautiful message um yeah. and then the, at the end he said but if i had to pick someone if you're making me i'd pick the firefighter <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's funny yeah um during this montage too i'm not sure if you like caught this little tiny moment but it was like a parallel to something that William said in like season one and Jesse brings over a piece of pecan pie. Okay. Yeah. And then he, he said to no! Kevin's girlfriend in the first season, Olivia, when a nice boy offers you a piece of pecan pie, you accept it. And oh I was my like, God, Sage, what a good catch. And I was like, you, so, you know, like, that William had to be reflecting on that moment when he's sitting there telling Olivia, like when a nice boy yes. offers you a piece of pie. That's one of my favorite moments too. Oh, Sage, what no. a good catch. I, I know. That's all over the place. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> oh, Sage, that's an excellent catch. I know. I thought yeah. that was like so, so good. Such that's like beautiful. Whether it was intentional or not, I was like, oh my gosh. Like it feels intentional to me. Yeah, me too. That's beautiful. That's gorgeous. Oh, what a good catch, Sage. You go, girl. Thanks. I was pretty, pretty proud of that one. <laughs> I'm pretty proud of that one. Good job. You go. Yeah. So that's, um, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say the, the, other, the other thing that, like, I think we've talked about a lot on this show. And, like, it's just pointed out again in this. You know, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of the Kevin painting this speech like kind of goes back to the painting whereas like everybody has like a role in every single like person in your life like has that impact is kind of what randall is saying 
and like how each and every like decision we make has like a reaction that like leads us to like and that's that's the whole point of life so right that's beautiful sage you're so good (laughs) it's just superficial and pull one out once in a while then you're always like and this is what happened and this is how i feel yeah and yeah that's the end of the episode it was like fillery. There's a lot of yeah. filler, but that's yeah. okay. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, but, go ahead. Did you cry at all? I did didn't you- cry. The goosebumps anyway. were going strong at one point in time. That hug from Annie got me. Yeah. Me but too. like, no crying. Yeah, same. Do you have a least favorite and a favorite moment of the episode? I do. So, my okay. favorite is definitely Kate and Tess. I loved it. Actually, Guys, I'm just going to say the whole thing. Kate and Toby were like my favorite part of this whole episode, really. Yeah, I think it's because we don't ever usually get like super lovable Kate moments. So like having one like made me really drawn to her. I agree. My least favorite was hard because I don't like there was nothing I like hated, hated. But I think Randall like talking about Beth at that soup kitchen, like just like hurt my feelings for her yeah but like it's not something I would have taken out I just like and now that you brought up the issue with Deja now I'm like maybe that's my issue with this episode but I don't know yeah Um, least favorite was hard for me what about you so I would say that my favorite moment was also Kate and Tess but I also really loved the background story with William and Jesse so that was like probably my second but I do like I think that because I don't generally like love Kate storylines, like being such a good one, like that really did like draw me to her, you know? Um, my least favorite, I actually put like that. I thought the speed of the episode was like kind of lacking. Like I felt like it was, it really dragged on. I like had to even watch it in like two parts because I got like kind of bored and I was like, okay, I need to step away for a little bit and come back to it. And you know, when I'm a little bit more refreshed because I was like right. kind of like missing writing stuff down because I was like getting right. distracted <laughs> um, just because it was like not super interesting. And I think that there's things that they could have put in there or even like part of the issue I think with this episode is they do a really good job of like jumping back and forth between storylines. But in this episode, like they did one storyline at a time. Yeah. So you had like 10 minutes here and then you had 10 minutes here and then you had five minutes with William and Jesse whereas I think that if they cut it differently so that you have like two minutes with Kate and Toby and then two minutes with Randall and Beth and then another two minutes here like and it jumped around a little bit more yeah I feel like it would have like slowed or felt like faster, you know? Yeah, I agree with you. I thought the pacing was weird and I like This Is Us because it skips around. So it keeps your attention. Like what's going to happen next in this part when we come back to it. But yeah, the pacing was weird on this one. Yeah, it felt like it could have been like six separate episodes of television. Yeah, I agree. Um, Pop culture pick. Do you have one? I do. So this week, my just so everybody knows my hiatus I listened to a lot of podcasts (laughs) um but my pop culture pick this week is the podcast I Way with Jamila Jamil um she basically tackles like difficult conversations so initially it like started with her talking about like 
um, her former like eating disorder and then like her recovery with that. And then um, now it gets more into just like general mental health issues and everything, which I just, I think it's like, she has conversations that I think are like difficult to have but I think like are very important and I yeah. I really enjoyed like listening to she like brings experts on like every topic onto the podcast which I also like yes a lot and of so people I, don't do that and then it's just like a lot of opinions yeah and I so I feel like like um for example like she will like bring on like somebody that's like a scholar in the field about it and like that'll be the only person that she interviews, but like, they just talk about like what's going on. Um, she had like an episode on the, the writer's guild strike, which right. I think from like an actress to do that because she is an actress to like bring right. somebody on to talk about it. Like, I think it's like really important. And like the person that she brought on was like the, the vice president of like one of the writer's guild societies Good. or something like that. So like, people that know what they're talking about and I think it's just like very like informative um and I'm really enjoying it it is kind of heavy yeah um, so I have like a secondary pop culture pick but it's also Jamila Jabil <laughs> she has another podcast it's really short episodes but it's called bad dates and what's funny is she actually uses a lot of the same guests from her other podcast that's she, like, fun but it's like a chance for them to talk about like lighter things. Like everybody has bad date stories. And so like, it's a lot of like comedians, but also like other people just talking about like their, you know, their bad dates and like, they're just very funny about it. And it's the episodes are only like 30 minutes, but it's like, so Still fun. What a good idea. Fun, very enjoyable. So she's got one that's really heavy. And then when you need like a break from all the heavy. <laughs> Like one yeah. that's very, but thank you for recommending recommending it to me like the other yeah. day before everybody. I got the exclusive, guys. <laughs> it. it was very I was, good. I've just been really enjoying it, but yeah, I love it. My pick is not as cool. As, well, yes, actually, it's pretty cool. Every pick is but cool. What are you talking about? Every pick is cool because it's pop culture. But I went with Grant, the little cherub that is sometimes on this show, um, to see, uh, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. The Miles, Miles Morales, the second one. First of all, these illustrators or whatever you would call them in, in movies. Why am I black? The word is escaping me. I don't know. Artists basically who make these movies are so creative. The it, it's like visually like stunning. Like yeah. just from that standpoint alone and creative, like, yeah, excuse me. The first one is so cool. Right. But uh, this one was like, the plot was amazing. It was so good. Like I've heard it was it's so good. so good. So it's, it's insane. Like I just love, I mean, I love Miles Morales as a character. Like he's such a good Spider-Man and I like everything about him and I like his family. It's just cute. But then I don't know. It's, uh, it's so good. I don't, I can't even just please go see it. Cause you don't have to see the first one either. Cause I haven't watched the first one since it came out a million years ago, but uh, it's, it's so good. It was so good. I enjoyed it so much. Grant was like, I mean, Grant's like a little movie critic and he was like, the end's kind of weird. And then I was like, I don't know why you're saying that. Cause I loved, I loved the end of it, but 
it was really good. It was very, and it was funny, which Spider-Man yeah. normally is funny, but yeah. I mean, it was I'll have to really check good. it out because I, I think that that the first one was really good. So yeah. yeah, I'll have to check it out. Did you, you watch the first one? A long time ago. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. You know, I mean, I didn't rewatch it. I probably, I probably should have, but like, I don't, it didn't matter. Yeah. Really. Okay. Yeah. Cause I think I watched it like when it first came out. So, um, I don't remember much about it, but I remembered that I like it, liked it. Yeah. So it's great. It was like, I have a, that was the first time I've watched a movie in a long time where I was like, oh man, I feel so good after leaving the theater, you know, like nothing yeah. to complain about. Yeah. Speaking so. of, cause you mentioned it during the episode, did you see, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. Yeah. No, I'm didn't yet. And I want to go see it so badly because I think it, it looks darling. And I love Judy Bloom so much. I honestly have no, you talk about not like feeling great after leaving a theater like I was on a high after leaving the theater from that movie like I yeah. felt so like warm inside and it was just like a basic like movie but I was like like the plot I love Rachel so McAdams good. though yeah. Rachel McAdams McAdams makes everything good she was so good in that movie too yeah she's so, amazing I love her she like moving into that like role versus like we've seen her a lot is like a you know young woman you know yeah. rom-coms and things like that yeah. um, but like moving into like this slightly older role and like her being yeah. like a mother and stuff like she did so good yeah. like I was very impressed I feel like people sleep on Rachel McAdams she can be funny she can be serious she's in superhero movies she can be a mom I think yeah. she's very versatile like Agreed. yeah but yeah loved it well thanks for coming back with me to, yeah. <laughs> to <laughs> this too much um yeah. anything sorry else? everybody if this episode was dodgy we were we've, it, we've i didn't think we were that dodgy i think the episode in general just like wasn't a great episode of television <laughs> like <laughs> it's no kevin pearson True. number and one no episode kevin. you know yeah it's fine all right. Well, we'll be back with more. Yes. See you next week. See you next week. This was us. This was us. Bye. Bye.